welcome to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and I am back at it again here today on WIXQ Day with Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin, the former radio station advisor for the station itself. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this, and we're doing it right on the day that the uh, uh, the day is taking place that we want to talk about. That's rare for us. We're usually doing it in pre-recording. We Pre-recording is certainly correct, because we always try to schedule these things ahead of time, but it just so happens to fall on the day itself. And again, if you aren't aware, because I've kind of killed it, I've kind of beaten it to death here over these past couple weeks, uh, when we had on Kevin Disco Dixon, even throughout this podcast, but then uh, especially now here recently on part one with Dr. Woodall, this episode is taking place on WIXQ Day, September 17th. Our station's frequency is 91.7, and a couple years ago, I was coming back from CBI in Seattle, Washington, and I was thinking, huh, how can I create a day that's going to celebrate our station, celebrate the community, and celebrate the campus as well? And I flipped on the dial and I saw 91.7, September 17th. Why don't we create a day that celebrates everything about the radio station, everything about the campus and everything about the community? And I asked you, Doc, uh, shortly after that, I said, have we ever had a day on the 17th that celebrates the radio station? You said, no, I don't think so. Went to Dr. Woodall, the current station advisor of the station, and asked him the same thing. He's like, no. He said, but I think that's a great idea and we need to make that happen. And you two were key, very integral, very, very integral in allowing this day to happen because I was able to come to you, Doc, for ideas on what we could do. And Dr. Woodall really helped me make this happen. He allowed me to do an internship over the summer, over the summer of 2019, leading up into WIXQ Day that allowed me to really work on it and get credit for the work that I was putting in to make this day happen. And without his efforts and without his push to make it happen, we would have had a day where we brought in various musicians to play their music and talk about their music on the air, teaming up with local charities to raise money for those charities within the town of Lancaster, our listening area. We wouldn't have had the chance to bring in record stores and have them come in to sell their records and make relationships and build bonds with the students and staff of Millersville University. We brought in the, the, the president of Millersville University for an on-air interview that day. And without WIXQ Day, we would not have been able to bring in the mayor of Millersville, the town that our station is based in, to declare September 17th, 2019, WIXQ Day in the town of Millersville, live on the radio. I, I've beaten this to death a lot, but this day meant, means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you, Doc. And if your station could do anything like that, I think you got to take the shot. And Doc, you you have always told me how much this day meant to you. Yes, it is. And I've still got the proclamation hanging on the wall. Uh, and I think it even made it into a picture that we had taken with us. Uh, you can see it faintly in the background, I think. Yeah, if you go to millersville.edu and if you type in WIXQ or Doc Rock or Shane Garcia or even Scholastic Transmission, you will be able to find a feature article that Devin Marino and the university did on us talking about the podcast and how WIXQ, our home college radio station, is the reason why we're doing this podcast. And the proclamation, because I gave you a copy of it, the original copy is hanging in the studio, but I gave a copy to yourself 
and I gave a copy of Dr. Woodall as a little Christmas gift in the in the fall of 2019. And, and yours is hanging in the background in that picture that we have promoting the podcast on this article that Millersville did on us. And I'm very thankful that we were able to do that. And uh, I am literally looking forward to hearing part two, because uh, as you know, uh, I can only take so much uh, of this uh, at one time because uh, the age factor. <laughs> hey, Doc, I think you might be able to speak for us all here because today's generation may not have the attention span that others used to have back in the day. So I do believe it is a good idea to split it up every now and then. But I digress. I will step away from WIXQ Day and talk about the true reason why we are here, which is part two with Dr. Lowry Woodall, the current advisor for 91.7 WIXQ. On part one with him, we had talked about his days as a student DJ for Sam Houston's college radio station before he landed here at Millersville University and succeeded you as station advisor for WIXQ. But now here on part two, I am very excited to talk to him a little bit more about his transition into the advisement role. And really, what's next? Because for the past year and a half, we've been in a pandemic, a worldwide crisis. And as many people know, college radio really experiences a high amount of turnover with people graduating or people stepping away from college. And a lot of the current students at the station really don't know a radio station pre-COVID. So I'm really excited to hear what comes next and what he's going to do to operate WIXQ and help the students in the middle of a pandemic. And so on I, because uh, I always like to hear about future plans for uh, what what is uh, WIXQ, uh, my favorite radio station. You got it, Doc. So let's bring back Dr. Lowry Woodall to Scholastic Transmission. Alrighty, Dr. Woodall. So on part one of our interview with you here on Scholastic Transmission, we had talked with you about your days as a student within college radio at Sam Houston's college radio station before you had furthered your education and eventually landed here in Millersville, Pennsylvania. Good old central Pennsylvania, good old Lancaster County, Amish country, may I say. And eventually, after a couple years of being here at the university, you succeeded Doc Rock as the station advisor. And you had talked a little bit about how your days as a student DJ at a very communication-centric radio station at Sam Houston prepared you and your experiences within college radio prepared you for this role that was rather actually intimidating for you because you were actually really succeeding the man who built the foundation of the radio station that we know it as today. So as you were transitioning into that role, I have to ask, who are the people that really took you under their wing and really helped you develop the knowledge to run this station for these past eight years? Well, certainly uh, the biggest of those is Doc, right? I, I, I think I probably pressed Doc's limits of his goodwill uh, as I uh, asked him many a question about, you know, how have you been doing this and, and how did this work? And what did you do when you were in this situation? You know, trying to uh, soak up as much knowledge as I could from those 35 years of, you know, experiences that he had had. Nelson, our engineer, also incredibly helpful to me because he was able to give me a, a lot of insight about you know, the mechanics of how the radio station had been uh, handling certain aspects uh, of the business, like their FCC compliances and uh, equipment repairs and, and that sort of thing. 
that you know they're they're sort of guts of the radio station they're they're not sexy they're they're not fun to talk about necessarily but they are the things that are keeping us on the air and so um he was incredibly helpful to me as well there and then i would say you know the the other thing that helped me out it wasn't necessarily one person but i am a member of the of bea the broadcast uh, education association and there are a number of people over there who are like myself, they are advisors of student media organizations all over the country, uh, some of them all over the world. Some of those are radio stations, some of them are TV stations, some of them are newspapers. But what I found to be true is that even if they are someone who is an advisor to an organization that isn't necessarily a college radio station, they're going through a lot of the same problems that I would be going through, you know, um, because as I'm sure that Doc has probably talked about many times on this show, a lot of what advising is, is building relationships with people and then dealing with the problems that people have, right? Like that they, they aren't necessarily problems that are specific to college radio. They're problems that are specific to human beings that are 18 to 22 years old that a lot of 18 to 22 year olds go through. They just happen to be going through it at your radio station and figuring out how to deal with those people and how to, to gracefully and, and, and compassionately handle the problems that come up is a lot of, of what this job becomes, right? Like it's kids make mistakes and you have to, you know, you have to go be the guy that, that, admonishes them for making those mistakes, but also that, that wherever possible anyway, tries to give them some space to course correct. You know, I mean, it's not always possible. Sometimes somebody does something that requires more drastic action, but you know, where, wherever possible, I, I want to be able to say, okay, this happened. It wasn't great. It was a mistake. What do we learn from it? How do we get better as a result of it? And I'd like to think that we've done that more often than we haven't. It's funny. You you read my mind, especially a couple times throughout this. I had some questions that I wanted to ask you, but that was one of the big ones. I wanted to ask you because I knew you were a member of that organization. And I wanted to ask you if you were in contact with other advisors and how that really improved your thought process and running the station and what ideas that you were brainstorming with them in order to make changes to the radio station. Yeah, well, actually, some of the people that I'm I've met through BEA are actually also advisors radio stations here um, in Pennsylvania. So people working at places like York College, Shippensburg, places like that, Slippery Rock. We have a, a pretty heavy representation of Pennsylvania at BEA. And so one of the things I actually did just over the summer, we're, we're all emailing back and forth and talking about it, was I'm, I wanted to, to get together just a group of all the uh, Pashi radio advisors into one room, even if it was a virtual room like this for right now for COVID reasons, and just pick each other's brains and say, you know, what what the hell is going on with you? How are you getting through this? What are you doing? You know, I, I actually contacted just Jeffrey Schiffman, who's another advisor for a radio station here in Pennsylvania in the Pashi system. And he, um, you know, he and I were talking about uh, like when when COVID first struck and it would be, it became obvious we weren't going to have in-person classes. We weren't going to have students on campus for the most part. 
I mean, I sat down with them and I was like, I do not know what the hell we are going to do here. Like, I mean, this, this is basically an atom bomb blowing up, you know, for purposes of this organization. I don't know how, to, how we're going to keep morale up. I don't know how we're going to keep people feeling like there's a radio station there at all. And, you know, we sat there and we talked for like two hours about what they were going to do with their university and, and what we might be able to do over here. And we were bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to figure out, like, do you think this would work? Ah, that, that has some issues to it. If we were to do it this way. And, you know, I mean, a lot of what we did um, for the station, both in terms of safety protocols for the station uh, and in terms of just ideas for keeping students going to the station, doing shows, being on the air in some form or fashion, a lot of that got birthed out of that one two-hour conversation where we just sat down with each other and said, oh my God, this is this is going to be awful. I don't know what we do. How much? I mean, I, I know you're, you're saying it right now, but how much has the pandemic affected the college radio station for you? I mean, it's affected a lot. It's affected a lot. Um, you know, I, I think that we've done as good of a job as we reasonably can to try to keep people involved with the radio station, to keep the station on the air during the pandemic. I'm proud of a lot of the the ways that we were able to keep some moderate sense of normalcy here. But even now, as we begin to, and I, I, I despise the phrasing of like the pandemic, you know, people talk in like these post-pandemic terms. We are not post-pandemic. We are solidly mid-pandemic right now. But I do recognize that we have we have shifted the way that we um, that we deal with the pandemic from where we we started out in 2020 to where we are right now. Uh, even though the pandemic itself is still full guns blazing, it's still going. But even now, you know, as students are coming back to campus and and the university is trying really hard in a lot of different phases, not just with the radio station, but, you know, in, in terms of going to classes and um, having events and those sorts of things, it's trying to bring back a sense of life is going to go as close to back to normal as we can get it for you, even in this circumstance where you would say, well, it seems like things would be better now. I'm finding that we're having some difficulty getting students to feel comfortable coming back in and, and doing their radio shows and um, kind of getting back into the groove of things, right? Um, because they have, I would say, very legitimate, rash, you know, rational concerns about not even necessarily their safety, but you know, I, I think it, it, it takes a lot to go from, I haven't really been in a room with a bunch of people for a year and a half to now I'm going to be around tons of people all the time. It, it's a tough transition to make. And I think a lot of students are they're having a, a tough time mentally making that transition and, and going back to that. And so we are dealing with, I feel like we're really dealing with the first major mental health crisis of the radio station um, since the time that I've been here. And it's going to take time to work through that because a lot of people are languishing in the pandemic and understandably so. And I mean, in fairness, you know, I would, I would count myself among them. Like I, my, my mental health is not in the place that it was pre pandemic. You know, I, I am someone who has always struggled with mental health um, on some level or some, some level or another. I've 
Um, I've struggled with depression most of my life, but, you know, uh, I, I feel and I can sympathize with a certain sense of apathy that I think has become present and, and persistent throughout a lot of the, the pandemic for a lot of students. And just the few of them that I've gotten to talk to about this, I feel like they, for whatever reason, they feel uncomfortable actually verbalizing that, even though they're feeling it. So I think a lot of this is going to be about making the station a place that feels safe to not safe, just physically, you know, you're not going to get COVID by coming here safe, but safe in the sense that you can, you can feel the things that you're feeling and you're not going to be judged for them. And you're not going to be told that you're crazy and you're not going to be told that, you know, you're overreacting. They're going to be taken seriously. And I think the radio station, at least for me, the radio station has often been a place that has been about healing. You know, that, that's been true for me for as long as I've been in radio was even when shit wasn't going right in my life, I could go get on the radio and I could talk and things got better, at least for those two or three hours I was on the radio because nothing can touch me behind that microphone. You know, I was good there, but I think it's got to become that same space of healing for a lot of those students. And, and that's just going to be, that's going to be a challenge that we're going to have to face. I think one of the things, really, I think the main thing that I have really appreciated about our station, WIXQ, is that it has always been a place that has felt like a family. I've experienced it. A number of my friends have experienced it. As chief announcer, I had the chance to talk to a number of different alumni during our station's 50th anniversary year and even now throughout this podcast. And so many people felt that our radio station was this this welcoming place for a variety of different people to come into, whether or not they're uh, somebody who's doing sports, whether or not they're somebody who wants to be a broadcaster, somebody who is an English major, all of these different people, all of these different backgrounds coming in to express their own personal taste, coming together, and they always felt so welcome. They felt that they were part of a community. They felt like they were part of a family. And it's thanks to the culture that has been established throughout this these past 53 years that the station has been able to thrive and continue to maintain that family value and that aspect. And Doc and I have talked about this a lot all throughout the podcast. And another thing that we had talked about a lot, especially on episode 15 with Andrew Wheeler, CJLO 1690 AM's metal director, Andrew Wheeler, he had talked about the value of institutional memory. And there is not a lot of that right now at the radio station, considering so many of the students that are currently there have no idea what a radio station is pre-pandemic. There are so many new students that don't know how the station was ran before the pandemic and know the culture that was there. The people that were coming in day in and day out for lunch, the people that were actively bringing people into the production studio to record IDs for the station or going out on campus to promote WIXQ. For you, as you have been there for, for almost 10 years now, and reflecting on the people that have been there, like Doc, or the hundreds if not thousands of people that have been in the station throughout that time period, how do you, as the advisor, plan to guide the station out of the pandemic when so many students don't know a station pre-COVID? 
I wish I had the full answer to that question right now. I really do. Um, but I would be lying to you if I said that I had the full answer, right? I mean, I think that, I think I'm still trying to, um, to come to grips with what the answer to that is. I, I want to make sure that, that we, we get to a place where students feel comfortable going back into the station regularly and, and physically being there. And especially for, you know, I, I, here's the thing. I don't think the pandemic has really been as, as impactful on the students who were diehard radio station kids to begin with, right? Because they were coming in, those that were, were physically able to anyway, you know, they were coming in throughout the pandemic anyway and doing their radio shows. Like they, they weren't going to be, they weren't going to be stopped unless someone like locked the door and told them you can't come in here. But I think where we have to really work right now is we've got a lot of, you know, a, a lot of the station is made up of more casual uh, station members who they come in and they do their show and their show is important to them, but they haven't had the time necessarily to build the sort of relationships that we're talking about where they become deeply personally invested in the station yet. And so there are a couple of ways of looking at it, right? In some ways that's a hindrance because they don't have the commitment level established yet to necessarily realize I got to be gung ho and get out there and, and do my show every week again. And you know, this, that, and the other, I think we can also look at this as a kind of opportunity, right? Uh, it's a sort of tabula rasa where we get to take a look at the station and say, we can start over again here in some ways. And if there are things that weren't working before or weren't working as well as they could, we have this opportunity to change that now. And, you know, it shouldn't just be me putting my fingerprints on the station or, you know, Doc putting his fingerprints on the station. That station works because it has the fingerprints of 53 years of students in it. And, you know, I mean, I will, you know, I'll tell you candidly that, you know, the thing that keeps me up at night uh, a lot of times is whether or not I am doing enough to help facilitate that. You know, I mean, I, that's, that's what, that's what weighs on my heart as an advisor is, have I done everything I need to do to give you the space to do what you're supposed to do? And, you know, I think we're just, we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on that. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it, this is going to be, it's going to be a process, you know, it doesn't, it, the pandemic didn't create the level of trauma that it did in people overnight. And we aren't going to erase or uh, eradicate the levels of that trauma overnight. But I think what the radio station can be is a place where we come to grips with those feelings. We, we try to make sense of and confront where we are and what we're going through. And maybe some of that understanding and that healing takes place over the air, either through, you know, the shows that the students normally do. Maybe we need to be doing, I'm kind of thinking out loud to myself right now more than anything else, I suppose, but, you know, maybe we need to be doing some, some programming that's specifically geared towards, so you're back on campus and you don't know what the hell to do and you're not sure that you're happy being here and you're not sure if you feel comfortable yet and how do we get through that let's all figure it out together because you're not the only one wyxq 
and this is true for all college radio stations, it's supposed to be, to a certain extent, the voice of the students and what the students are going through on campus. When we were going through the Vietnam War, I'm sure the radio stations sound much different. The concerns were much different. When we were going through 9-11, it would have sounded different at that time. We were going through something different then. And this is a new major moment in history, right? I mean, like this is, this is going to define the lives of a lot of people in this generation. And maybe we need to be doing more to not just think about how are we going to get our regular shows on the air again? You know, like when am I going to be able to play my silly songs and, and talk about my, my, my dumb ideas um, uh, about history of music on the air again? But how can we use the resources that are at the, the, the university as a whole to help people come to grips with what's going on? Because, you know, we've got counselors and we've got psychologists and all sorts of other things that work at the radio station. And so, you know, maybe there's some therapy that needs to go on through the radio station. And maybe that's a part of what our role and our responsibility is here at Millersville moving forward for a little while. I think that kind of expands upon the idea that Doc and I have talked about a lot throughout this podcast is having somebody there to create educational programming that town and gown aspect, bringing on people from within the community from throughout campus to talk about the different issues that either play or kind of contribute to what is going on on the campus. And you made a reference there that what makes the station really you know, stick out is that the students make that decision. They are the ones, you, you have stressed it, Doc has stressed it, that it's a student-run station where you don't necessarily put your hands on it like you want to if you have a certain idea. You don't necessarily put all of your will into it because in the end, it's the student's job to do that. And the students, Doc and I have talked about on this podcast, had taken away that educational program director position that was on WIXQ. I I don't know whether or not that would be something to bring back or something to think about bringing back, but that also makes me think about the question, this whole topic of the students putting their decisions out there to grow or to maybe kind of take away from the radio station doesn't necessarily matter. But for you personally, for you personally, Dr. Woodall, as you identify an area or a need of improvement, do you act to address it yourself or would you rather the students emphasize an action plan? I prefer to gently nudge, not to push. Because here's the thing, even if I have an idea that I think is really great for the radio station, if if there's not the buy-in from the students, I mean okay, I can push and shove and and try to find ways to force you to go out and do the things I'm asking you to do. But if you don't believe in it, it, it's never going to work in the first place, right? So what I try to do is I try to, uh, you know, just gently steer students in the direction that I think things should be going and get them to buy into what I'm saying. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's something that's really important to me that, you know, it just, it, it, it falls like a lead balloon for the students. It just doesn't, they don't catch hold of it. They don't care as much about it as I do. And so, you know, um, it sort of becomes one of those situations of you pick your battles, right? If I've got five ideas that I think would make the station better, and I pitch those to the students in our meetings, the way that I pitched ideas in the meetings that you were in, that you're talking about, right? Maybe three of those catch on and the students go, Ooh, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. And two of them, they're just like, mm, I mean, whatever. We could, we could not. We don't really care. I'll take the victory on the three things that went through. 
I've got time. You know, I, I'm, this is a long game for me. I can, I can wait until I find the right group of students that say, well, I like that idea about that other thing. Yeah, let's do that. You know, I don't, I don't have to get everything through all at once. I can, I can piecemeal things through to slowly build to get to where I want to be. And that's the thing, too, because so many students, they're, they're always coming in and out. There's such high turnover with a college radio station that so many people are going to want to do things their way. Other people are going to want to do things a different way. And I, I think I really appreciate the fact that, you know, sometimes things aren't going to work out. But then down the road, you'll revisit it and it sticks. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I think the other thing that I, I hope students take away from the radio station is that, even when we fall down and we fail, we still learn something through that. You know, I mean, if we do and uh, if we try something out, we try out a, a new type of event or activity or something and the students come back to me and they go, oh, nobody came to this. You know, we didn't have nearly the turnout that I thought we were going to have. It didn't it just didn't work. I still look at that as, you know, but we pulled off the event and what did we learn from it. Why didn't they come? What can we use from that? for the next event we put on. So, you know, some of it's also about reframing things from this was a failure to I learned something from this and I'm going to use it down the road to make the next thing I do that much better. I think this is the perfect time to ask you about college radio versus the classroom. As both the advisor of the radio station and as somebody who teaches radio and other communications courses on campus, do you believe the college radio station can carry more weight and volume being an extracurricular activity where things are more hands-on than what somebody can learn in the classroom? I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're diametrically opposed to each other. I, I, I think they, ideally, they hold hands with each other. You know, Certainly, I would hope that even students who don't decide to go into careers in radio after they've worked at the radio station learn something about themselves and about responsibility and their relationship to um, something larger than themselves by working at the radio station. You know, they're responsible to an audience. They have ethical responsibilities to that audience. They have the responsibility of being consistent with that audience, being reliable to that audience. Um, and I think that's that alone is a really, really powerful thing. But also, you know, and I, I preach this all the time at the station that the actions that you take as a single DJ can impact what happens to everybody else at that radio station, right? I mean, if you if you make some bonehead decision that's selfish and is designed only with you in mind, you can have this kind of butterfly effect that that ends up cascading and 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 affecting the abilities of all the other students to work at the station. And so, you know, I try to preach this idea of when you're doing something at the station, don't just think about whether it's good or good or bad for you, but think about all the other people who have to come in after you and try to have the same opportunity because you want them to have that same time that you've had and get the same chance that you've had to do you know, what they want to with it. And so, you know, I think there's something very powerful about this notion that, like, the world is bigger than me. There's something more important than just me out there. And sometimes, even if I do something that doesn't 
directly and personally make my life better. It might directly and personally impact the lives of other people. And that's just as valuable. You know, of course, when I'm teaching in the classroom, I'm, I'm also thinking about from the standpoint of the pre-professional experience, getting you ready to actually work in the, the field, hoping that some of the things that I teach you in the classroom or that you learn from being on the air at WIXQ make your life easier and more streamlined when you decide to start applying for jobs and being in the industry. But even if you were in some completely separate major and you never are on the air again in your life, I still think that it taught you something that you'll hopefully carry with you. Makes me think of Darissa Belinsky, who we had on episode 21, or Christina Diefenderfer, who we had on episode number 14, even Kevin Disco Dixon, who we had on episode number 23. You have these people who are non-broadcasting majors that had no ambition to get into radio. Kevin did. He ended up working at WDAS in Philadelphia. But you have these people that come in and they have their own personal tastes. They have their own ambitions. And they learn these skills that are going to help them for the years to come. And then it also makes me think, because you had said about, oh, it's not, it's not all about you. These decisions that you do aren't all about you. Doc and I have always said, if somebody's selfish, it could drag the whole station down. And it's important, I think, to make sure that those struggles do not branch out. Like Doc always said, what have you always said, Doc, about not airing your dirty laundry? Yeah, never, never put your dirty laundry out there for everybody to see. <laughs> For you, Dr. Woodall, as somebody who's been there for almost 10 years now, what have been your biggest struggles as station advisor? Hmm. I think I think consistency of programming has been one of the things that I have struggled with the most, you know, not necessarily programming in terms of what's on the air, um, but rather a lot of the programming that we do around campus, that sort of thing. I mean, there are certain pieces that are sort of fundamental to WIXQ that we've always done, and hopefully we always will. Things like the, you know, the highway pickup, we've been doing that for many, many years now. Doc can tell you the exact number. I, I can't. But long before I got here, and we've gotten pretty good at always doing some kind of um, concert event for the station. And I'm, I'm happy with that. But I think the thing that has probably been the most sort of... Um, frustrating for me as an advisor is that sometimes we'll have something that I think is a really good idea that we start doing for like a year or six months or something. But then when, you know, the students that, that were really invested in that go away, the next group in doesn't always have the same level of ambition for that as the one that left did. And so a lot of times you see very promising potential traditions sort of die out as a result at the station. And that's, that's, it's a function of the way that any college station is run. I mean, every college station deals with this, but you know, it, it can be, it can be frustrating when you feel like, Oh yeah, this is actually a pretty good idea. Like we should really keep doing this guys. And, and there's just no, there's not enough buy-in to make that uh, a really feasible idea. Do you often try to seek to step in there? Or do you just try to just, just put that nudge out there if, if you see something that's dying down or may, may be potentially killed off by the students? I'm, 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 I'm always going to be a nudge guy. The only time that, here's the thing, I feel like the times when I'm going to push 
I'm pushing because I think if I don't, something really bad is going to happen to the station, right? Like I have pushed before when maybe we had like some kind of conduct on the air that I thought was really unbecoming to the station. And I've had to go in and wear the daddy pants and be the bad guy and say, no, we can't do this. Never, ever let this happen again. But I feel like because I am so gentle most of the time with the way I approach things that when I do get really firm about something, my students usually take notice of it and go, Oh shit, this must be really bad. Cause Woodall's like, you know, Woodall's usually like really calm and you can tell he's pissed right now. There must be something really bad happening. Um, but you know, that the bullet from that gun only works if you, you use it sparingly. If I was going off, getting really you know pushy all the time it would change from the switch flipping and them saying oh this must be really important we should really pay attention to this that's why he's acting this way to Woodall's just blowing off steam again that's just the way he is and that's not the way i want them to think about it i want to reverse my original question here on you what have been your greatest success as a station advisor at wixq so i'll give you two answers to this the, the first answer is every student that has graduated from this university that has spent a significant amount of time or even an, an insignificant amount of time at the radio station and has made that radio station part of their college experience, um, especially my kids that have walked down the graduation aisle with their WIXQ cords on, you know, I mean, that's as someone who's never going to have children, that's a pretty big legacy for me. You know, I mean, like, those are, those are my kids instead, you know, from a more sort of, again, pragmatic kind of standpoint. Um, I was really happy that we were able to fix some of the inconsistencies in the funding of the station and go from a system where I felt like we were sort of at the behest of an ever-changing group of advisory boards that might or might not give us as much funding as we needed uh, in a given year to something where I could tell the students, you know, with a relative amount of certainty, I can tell you that, that we're going to get about this much money every single year. I mean, it may change, maybe 5,000 less, it might be 10,000 more some years, you know, depending on what how the state system is doing, but there's never going to be another year again, where I have to look a bunch of students in the face and tell them, I'm sorry, but we don't have any money at all right now, which means we're not going to be doing any programming and we're not going to be able to give you the full experience that you signed up for when you became members of the station, because that was probably the single most heartbreaking experience for me professionally that I've had to endure. And it tore me up enough inside that I was like, I'm, I'm going to go knock down doors and talk to people and we're going to figure this out because I can't ever do that again. One last question here for you, Dr. Woodall here on Scholastic Transmission. As you look back as a radio lover, as somebody who has worked at many different college radio stations, as somebody who has connections to many different college radio stations, and as someone who has ran a station for almost 10 years now, what do you think college radio stations should be doing more of all across the board? You know, to a certain degree, it's, it's tough because um, 
I also have to recognize that we're in a very privileged position at WIXQ, right? I mean, we have a fully funded FM signal radio station. And I recognize that a lot of my, my brothers and sisters who are running college radio stations all across this country are not in that position. And they are having to struggle mightily with their institutions to convince them of their worth and to keep the stations on the air. And some of them are only doing online versions of the station now. So I always want to keep in mind that like my goals for the WIXQ station may be different than the ones I would have for other stations around the country. But what I would say is the goal I always have for the radio station is connect to more people. However many people you're connecting to right now, it's never enough. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. You can always get better. You can always improve. And so I'm always on the hunt for what's that next way that we're going to find new listeners and connect to new people out there who might need to hear us for some reason, you know, not just want to hear us, but you know, it might do them good. It may, it may be the thing that gets them through the day to, to listen to one of our DJs or hear some of the things that they're saying on their shows or playing uh, the songs they're playing on their shows. So don't, don't be afraid of, of change. Don't be afraid of different kinds of new technology, new apps that come out, new ways for you to extend the reach of that hand to someone who might not have heard your station before. Dr. Lowry Woodall, thank you so much for joining Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. It's been my pleasure. Doc, this has been a great insight at the mind of your successor for somebody who spent a number of years working for different college radio stations before coming into his own as the advisor of 91.7 WIXQ. Yes, and I'm just so glad that he's continued the family tradition because, as you know, Shane, that was always my goal when I was working there was to create a sense of community, sense of family. So I'm really, really glad that that's continuing. And as somebody who's experienced that myself and had the pleasure of talking to a number, a couple dozen different alumni throughout the years of our college radio station, and then I think back to the reunion and seeing how many people really strongly bleed WIXQ. Hell, we have we have a WIXQ, a former WIXQ DJ that has WIXQ tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Keith Krakowski, right? That is Keith Krakowski, yes. We have so many people that truly love this college radio station, and having that family aspect continue is important to not only us, the three people that are on this podcast today, but the current students, the former students, and the future students that go in those walls of the radio station. Yes, and, and it just makes an old man feel good that uh, it's still going on and 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 the change is necessary there's no question and as you get older change is going to be a little tougher to take uh, than it is when you're younger so i'm glad that the youth is still managing the change uh, and i think that's very important well i don't know at 40 i don't necessarily feel young anymore but <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the job will age you <laughs> oh i know academia ages you forget the radio station just academia in general oh yeah i mean i knew when it was time to leave i mean i left on my own terms uh, uh and i know it was time 
And uh, everybody always asks me, how do you know when it's time? I, all I say is, you'll know. And there's no other way to say it. I mean, I can't say it's this, 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 or this. I just say, you'll know. I do have to say here, Doc, even though we are using the stories of our own college radio station, I do hope the college radio stations all across the globe that listen to this podcast, whether or not it's the students, the alumni, or the listeners of a college radio station, really take these stories to heart and think about their own time in college radio and think about what they can do to preserve and promote the medium in their own right. Because even though we all have our different stories, if you've been affected by college radio, you are always going to have that love in the end. And as you know, Dr. Woodall said there at the end of this podcast, some college radio stations that are out there are not in the position that WIXQ is in and can't broadcast out over the FM dial and reach their entire community. And some don't have the radio facilities, the bountiful radio facilities that WIXQ has for the students to come to each and every day. And whatever anybody can do to grow their local station, their alma mater, or even just a college radio station that they can find that they, they really like, do what you can, because that's what matters in the end. We want this to be preserved for as long as it, as long as it can possibly be. Yeah, and of course, that is what the goal of this podcast is, to try to help people preserve college radio. And that's why we, uh, we I guess, the crazy idea started with me, Shane, right? And uh, and then you came along and uh, I can't do what you do. I mean, so we became a team. I should take this time. I do want to give a special shout out to Millersville University and Devin Marino for writing an article on us and putting us out there on the front page of Millersville.edu about our cause through this podcast. It really meant a lot to have somebody sit down with us and take an interest in our goal to preserve this medium and use the stories of our station and the alumni. And if you want to check that out, you can go to our any of our social media pages, whether or not it's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll be able to find that article right there, and you can see our ugly mugs for all to see. <laughs> yeah, it was a good thing. I mean, I, I was sort of surprised. I mean, I only knew it because <laughs> knowing my lack of technology skills, Shane had to point it out to me. He said, Doc, did you see this? And of course, I had to say, no, Shane, I haven't seen this. What, what are you talking about? Uh, thank you, Shane, for pointing that out to me. Thank you, Doc, and thank you very much for setting up this institution that has allowed us to reach so many people, uh, not only here through this podcast, but through WIXQ in general. And that institution has been important to so many people over the years, and it really has kept a lot of people in school. WIXQ, we have found, has kept a lot of people in school and kept them in tune with university, especially Kevin Disco Dixon. Here on episode number 23, he said, without you and without Dr. Gary Reigert, he would not have become station manager and he would not have had a 40-year career in community and cultural engagement. So I think it's necessary, Doc, that we talk about the student retention aspect of college radio. And Shane, this is one area I am trained in. Are you really? Yes. The college paid me four summer salaries to study retention and nobody knows this. Well, somebody knows this. I was even given the title retention officer. That sounds intimidating. Yeah. And I hated that title, but that's how I got into retention and, and became sort of a knowledgeable person in this area. So I'm glad we're doing retention. I'm going to finally be able to give back some of the knowledge that the university gave me by paying me big bucks to study it. Where else can you get a job? where you're paid to learn 
What a beautiful job. So you get to listen to that next week here on Scholastic Transmission and learn about the true value. Really, I mean, we're always talking about the true value, but learn about why so many people stick with it thanks to their college radio station. In the meantime, you can stay up to date with Scholastic Transmission by following us all across social media at College Radio Pod. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody that loves college radio. Now, before we wrap up this episode today, Doc, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about with Dr. Woodall here today? No, he's covered it well. He did a great job. And all I'm going to say is retention. So until that next episode for Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin and our guest today, Dr. Lowry Woodall, I'm Shane Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.